Hello again, and welcome to the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John saying, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Lemke, and very shortly, you will also hear me joined by Pastor Eric Brown, who will be coming to you via the past. What we've done this year is uh, use an old Count It All Joy Show episode from a couple of years back, wherein we discuss certain Lucan texts, that is, verses and chapters in the Gospel of Luke dealing with the nativity of our Lord, and uh, use that instead of uh, producing some new content this year round for several reasons. Number one being that uh, this Christmas season has been extremely hectic for both of us, uh, as, as everyone is, but this one particularly so. Also, uh, since Scripture is always relevant, and therefore conversations on Scripture are always relevant as well, uh, we feel that you're not losing anything by listening to a previous conversation that we've had. Uh, you'll also hear us joined by an additional voice, that of Peter Fishaber, who uh, at one point in time was our Scripture reader as well. So I hope you enjoy all of it. Uh, Pastor sends his greetings uh, from his side as well, and we'll be back with you next time with more Gospel Boldly in the Gospel of John. Until then, enjoy the Christmas special. Thomas, why do you think that we're going to go, when, when we're reading about Christmas, that we're going to read the Luke 2 text? Uh, well, it talks about the birth of Christ and the, you know, events surrounding that thing. Luke 2 is the classic... Also, you told me to have Peter record that one. Yes. <laughs> and the Christmas Day text is always John 1. Mm -hmm. In the beginning was the Word all the way up through, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. So let's not talk about that, because, I mean, the other thing you could listen to is the sermon from Christmas Day, either preached by me or read by Thomas. <laughs> we don't know which, depending on Ambrose. Nor do we know whether it'll be up by now, because I'm sure I'll be with family, too. <laughs> but I will get it up. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do post-production on Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get to work every holiday, but oh, I can't, I can't work holiday. Uh, and I'm not even on call this year, so happy oh, days for me at the hospital. Well, see, this is one of the other things, too. Can I, can I go behind the curtain of, of the pastoral life a little bit? By all means. I know a lot of people get all very homey and family and and sentimental for christmas and such like that and now don't get me wrong my my mom loves christmas she has trees up all over the place i, I love it too but with the day itself my mom was a nurse my dad's a pastor you know what that means yeah we're working it means it means mom would volunteer to work on christmas so someone else whose husband wasn't working they holiday pay anyway right yeah well that too it's, yeah hey great so so the 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 I, drives me nuts when you have these things where where you'll have church. I've got pa friends who are, are pastors in the South, mm -hmm. and they'll talk about how it's just common where they'll just cancel church on Christmas, even if it's on a Sunday. Wow! It's like how do you not go to Mass? You know the communion service on Christ Mass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but anyway, you'll be able to eventually, at some point, God willing, listen to. A sermon on John 1. So that's John 1 taken care of. Mm -hmm. Why don't we do Mark? Mark? Okay, I'll flip to Mark real quick. Okay. I can yeah. read that. All right. Sure. All right, ready? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Sorry, Mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, uh, go, go read Mark quickly. Yeah, well, uh, okay. We're, we're waiting. Now the iron. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming. Hey, guess what? We totally skip and mark. <laughs> uh, I actually heard a funny sermon one time. It was talking about uh, the openings of the four gospels. And he was saying, I think it was written in this order. You have Mark, then Matthew, then Luke, then John. I don't really have any reason for this other than each of their birth narratives, so, so to speak, goes back further. And Mark, you just you just jump right into the story. There's no birth narrative. There's no genealogy. Then uh, Luke wants to push the envelope a little bit. He goes, you know what? Let's talk about before. Let's talk about Jesus' childhood. In fact, I'll talk about... I'm sorry. No. Um, Matthew. Let's talk about people all the way back up to David and Abraham. I think he goes back to... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Abraham, because of course Tamar's in there. Um, let's go back to Abraham. And then Luke comes along. And he's like, ah, I'm going to give kid Jesus as a kid information. And I'm going to push it back to Adam. 
And then John comes along and says, Adam. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the beginning, guys. <laughs> That's actually not a bad theory. That's one of the better better ones I've heard. I don't know how much credence I give it. But I liked it. It was funny. It, it amuses me, which is what I really want from a, 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 a theological theory on Christmas Day. <laughs> right. And then, and then we don't do Matthew because... Matthew, the big thing with Matthew is in Matthew 2, you get the, the text for Epiphany, the coming of the wise men. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically you have in Matthew, Joseph freaking out because, uh, well, Mary's pregnant, which will be the sermon for, for this week in our midweek. Well, no, for last week in our <laughs> midweek ad thing. I love this recording before anything. I feel like I'm a time lord. It's like an episode <laughs> of Doctor Who. It's all timey-wimey and stuff like that. Past tense, present tense? Ah, just say it. I did. There was a, an animated movie called Light Years where they come across some type of alien-type species or creature on the mythical planet, mm-hmm. and they don't have present tense. They, oh, they, weird. they speak, you was, will be a friend. Okay, yeah, I don't think I could live very long in that culture. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. what, what, just, okay, don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go away, Rocky, <laughs> until you learn my language. That's right. So, so instead, what we're going to do is we're going to look through Luke 2, which is the, the classic text. It's taken uh, 11 minutes for us to talk about what we're going to do. Yeah, this, <laughs> it's our Christmas special. I'm going to go a little bit longer. Okay. Now, Luke 1, if we're, if we're beginning Luke 2, what goes, what goes on in Luke 1? So, Thomas, no looking. Okay, no looking. You should be able to know this now. What, um, go, how, what goes on in Luke 1? What are the, the main events? Well, do you get the genealogy yet, or does that come no, later? That's it's like three. three? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm not looking here. Okay. Um, well, let's it's see the if you paid attention in Well, first Advent you get Middle Zachariah, though. Right. You begin with Zachariah. And then you get the Annunciation of Mary. Right. Um, Matthew deals more with more with uh, uh joseph but does luke deal with that too i can't remember nope luke okay. doesn't really do anything with joseph you you have, you have the visitation with mary and yep and, and then the visitation and then the the magnificat Mag- right yep and then john gets born yes and you get the benedict thomas right or, from so so you get yeah. all this big happy singing type stuff and all the the preamble out of the way mm-hmm. and then you begin with luke 2 Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And jo- All right. Now, a very simple note. One of the things that, that comes up with, with Christianity... <clears throat> is that when we tell the story of Christ, or even the story of of Adam or or David or what have you, it never happens a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Mm -hmm. It never happens sometime a while ago, back Mm -hmm. in the day. There there is a, a, a presentation in Christianity that we're dealing with a concrete timeline. We're dealing with, with, with actual events. You want to know when this happened? All right, it happened when Quirinius was da 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 and it was with this tax and da Now, what's interesting is you do get uh, modern skeptics today who will complain about these historical nuggets, and then they end up almost always playing out when we actually get more archaeological evidence and stuff like that. Right. So, but but this is what Luke is doing. We're we're talking about something very concrete and definite. So you want to know when Jesus was born? Hey, this is back when they were doing this this round of taxation. They were doing this round of, of census taking, things like that. Well, and, I mean, Luke even opens his gospel with, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those, goes on, blah, 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 addressing his letter to Theophilus, basically saying, hey, dude, yeah, I researched it all. Here's a book on it. Read it. Right. And... But you're you're getting this wonderful grounding look. This is reality. This isn't just I'm mm-hmm. going to tell happy stories. Right. The, not 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 to go against poor John. This isn't saying back in the beginning, someone, sometime. All right. But but we're, uh, we're, in the beginning, in the uh, Christian and, and, and even Hebrew worldview, is a very definite point as right. well. Right. And that so. that is a point to make up to or make up. <laughs> well, that sounded bad. <laughs> uh, a point to to bring out. Mm-hmm. Okay, or bring up. Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. So, all right, any other thoughts just on the little opening introduction? Nothing so far. All right. Sephalsa went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, 
to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. All right. Get a few things going on there. Mm-hmm. First, you do have that that sense of uh, of traveling, and you have them going to to Bethlehem. Now, we all know Bethlehem. Why? <laughs> because Jesus love was the... born there. Oh, okay. Because because why? I was going to say because we love that time of the year when Sooner fans and and uh, and Cowboy fans come out and do. Glorious battle over a football field. This is one of the great ironies with uh, with being an, uh, a football fan in Oklahoma. I, I am a graduate, as is Thomas, of the University of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Sooners. Mm-hmm. And our in-state rival is Oklahoma State University, the Cowboys. And the, the rivalry series between these two is known as Bedlam. And the interesting thing about that is Bedlam comes from the name of an insane asylum in... in <laughs> In uh, England, in London. Well, why? Because of what's going on there. It's Bedlam in there. But <laughs> Bedlam was a contraction of the name of the, the insane asylum, which was Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're, you're British and saying Bethlehem, but with two, two syllables instead of one, uh, two instead of three, and you get, instead of Bethlehem, you get Bedlam. Bedlam. Bethlehem. Love it. So, so <laughs> the word Bedlam is actually Bethlehem. But, but we know Bethlehem. So we get this idea that this this, this big famous town. <laughs> no, it's it's tiny. Um, I'll give an equivalent example, almost. Okay. Thomas, mm-hmm. how many people in your family? Well, no, your family might be a little bit off. How many people around the world listening on the show knew where Lahoma, Oklahoma, was without looking it up on Google Maps? Oh, I mean. Maybe ten. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's it, not known. It, it, it's it's a piddly town. I remember on call night, I I I've received my call to Zion Lutheran Church in Lahoma, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And what's funny is on call night, the the families will bring road atlases into church oh, so they can look yeah. up where they're at because like where well, I remember well, when my dad was iPhones, but that's where, different entirely. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I was old. How school. long ago did you graduate, Pastor? <laughs> Ten years almost. And my dad graduated in ninety one. So it was great fun. But it's like where where is Holstein, Nebraska? Oh, that can't be good. <laughs> like, That's the please let me know where the town is without but if but you anyway. don't know where it is, it's probably rural. So so I remember coming out and I come across Dr. Weinrich, who was actually from Ponca City. And I come up to him and go, Dr. Weinrich where's Lahoma? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. And it's like, Oh no. But, but I mean, so it, it, it's, it's a small town. It, it's, you had the, the most famous person to come from Bethlehem is David before Jesus. And what was David doing? while he was living in Bethlehem being a nobody pretty much. He was Jeez. a shepherd. <laughs> I mean, that, it, it, do you, we'll talk about things being a cow town. Bethlehem was a sheep town. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's even lower. I mean, it's all right. It, they've got an Atwoods there, the, the, the <laughs> Hebrew equivalent. So, I mean, it, it's they only have one inn, and it's filled up. And so I think this is one of the uh, – I, I always think it's one of the more poignant things to think of with this story. That you you have the the guy show up with his pregnant wife, and there's no room at them for them in the inn. Um, yeah, uh, so no one's going to give up their room for the pregnant woman about ready to give birth. Jerks. <laughs> See, now I would take an entirely different spin on that. Okay, okay. actually, myself. And I'll you uh, have. Are you going to do the romanticizing? Oh, sure, maybe. You, right. you have my Greek over there, though, so you'll have to pronounce the words. Um, I would look at the word that's translated as "in there," and uh, maybe you can read that out for the listeners there. And all right, Da-da-da. let me find it. <laughs> oh, turnabout is fair play. <laughs> you. You know it. Okay, for uh, 
Diati uk end because there is not a tois to them or for them, topos en toy, a place in the katalumati. Katalumati, which is translated here as in. What's it translated as in Luke 22, verse 11? Luke 22, 11. Yeah, it's bookmarked there for you. <clears throat> <laughs> we had you set up, ready to go here. <laughs> and you will say to the master, the house despot. <laughs> the house despot of the house. That's often. Uh, the teacher says to you, the guest room. Upoto pasca meta ton mathateton. Umu fago, where the Pascha, the Passover with my disciples, I may eat. Right. So same same word, both places. Now look at one more for you. Look at uh, Luke chapter sixteen, verse. Man, it'll be in there somewhere. <clears throat> uh, oh, sorry, that's R- rich man Lazarus. Where is uh? I wasn't prepared for this one, but where is the uh? uh. Quality production. <laughs> Oh, um, the Good Samaritan. Uh, oh, is that Luke 14? Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can just make the point. The word for in there in, in the uh, Good Samaritan. I don't see it there. Is it a different one? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. That, that was summertime. I can't remember <laughs> what that one is. Lectionaries are awesome. Um, anyway, the word for that is different. Um, I can't remember what it is, but it's not the same. Katalu, um, whatever you were saying. So I would say, actually, that the uh, – and there's some Lutheran scholars who would be in agreement with me on this – that the, uh, the translation actually should be there was no room for them in the guest room because, obviously, Joseph's family is all in town for the for the thing. Right. So he's going to be staying with the family. So no room in the guest room, and so baby Jesus has to be laying, Luke tells us, in a manger. And in some of the houses in the area, the first level – when you actually go in, there was actually room for the animals. Right. Um, and so there would actually be mangers carved out of stone in the actual family living room. And so what there, what, what could be being referred to is no room at the guest room. Joseph's family's all there. And, hey, look, all the cousins came. And uh, so we'll have to put you up in the main master bedroom and hope you don't mind the animals. And so Jesus was laid in a manger. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I, 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 I've heard arguments like that too. I, I don't think this was uh, included in there to be a sign of great hospitality. <laughs> and I think working that in, while semi-plausible, might be a bit of a stretch. Okay. Simply put, because, you know, if it's a great big room... Hey, guess what? Uh, Cousin Joe's betrothed is kind of like ready to pop. So (laughs) let's let her have the comfortable room and we'll go the nice, comfortable, cozy room. And Uh we we can all go move down and we can go camp out for a bit. Right, right. So maybe, maybe. I mean, I've heard some people say, well, they they sent her there because that way there'd be no one else around and it wouldn't be overcrowded and be private and. You send her to the barn. I mean, yeah, the barn might be private, and maybe it's a really nice barn. Maybe it's one that's ca- carved out into the cave wall, or, they or maybe it's part of the. It's still the barn where the animals live. Come on, the cattle were lowing, <laughs> but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes, probably because he's terrified of all the animals. <laughs> so, all right, love it. All right, well, well, here, let, let, let me ask. What do you think about the the romantic romanticizing overtones that people will make for for the birth of Jesus? Because I mean, here we've just had him born. He's laying in a stable. He's mm-hmm. in a manger. Eh, you'd probably be better off talking to a child psychologist that knows something other than what they learned in intro to psychology in college about children's growth stages. But. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going to this one now. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it clear. Um, you know, the only <clears throat> sin is not the only reason babies cry, right? Because they cry, I assume, for communication. They, they, when they're hungry, they cry. When they're tired, they cry. I mean, to communicate to their parents that they have a need, uh, they cry. At least I would assume. I'd, again, have to ask a child psychologist. But 
So I would think Jesus, you know, the whole no crying he makes, romanticizing of it would be just a bald-faced lie in the sense that, hey, if he's hungry, he's going to cry because, I mean, why wouldn't you? I did actually hear someone say that. Well, he doesn't cry because he knows that his mother has been through an ordeal and he wants her to rest. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean... I, there, there becomes time where there, there, the, 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 the. See, this is one where I become the utter anti-romantic. Yeah, I, I, I tend to look at this. I as, bet he didn't poop his diapers either until she was getting ready. He held it in because she was. You know, this tired. is the fall. This, <laughs> this is God becoming man, enduring all the the things that are humiliating with with life in the world after the fall, like being vulnerable and soiling yourself. Well, that was actually one of the discussions that that I, I had with uh it was just one of the online ones and uh, Pastor Stuckwish. And we were just going back and forth and talking about some stuff. And, and one of the things I met, mentioned is how I view most of the stuff as the, the growing in stature is part of Christ's humiliation. Mm-hmm. That, that it's something that he suffers. That, that in, in the Nicene crew we have became incarnate and was made man. Mm-hmm. You could be incarnate. If you were God, would you say, look, now I have flesh. Why? Because I'm God and I can do that. Sure. But that's skip not the childhood you... thing. Be like Adam. No belly button or anything. Yeah, he doesn't skip that. And um, and uh, actually, Pastor Stuckwish goes, well, I have always taken growing to be part of the, the, the living out of God's plan for, for man. Uh-huh. And my response to that was, well, so was Adam less of a man then because he didn't grow that way? And it's just one of those things. Good question. Because you do have... In a lot of the the Eastern Orthodox thing, much of an idea of of continual growth and development as the ideal. Where in the West, you're much more akin to thinking in terms of perfection. Mm-hmm. Adam was made, and he was perfect, complete. Right. And so that's more of the 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 West is much more of an idea of we want things to come to perfection, whereas the East has the ideal of of almost like the life of the world come to be a, a an ever growing closer to God. Where in the West, it tends to be much more commonly a no, we'll be perfect, and it'll be awesome. Right, sort right. That's dichotomy. an interesting, yeah, dichotomy to think about. But anyway, so, but no, I, I, I look at this and I say, ugh, ugh. <laughs> well, eh. <laughs> hi, dear. I love you if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> while childbirth is a beautiful, wonderful thing, it's a messy, terrifying thing too. Yeah, I've heard that. If, rumor. if, if, if you, if you love someone, tell them often. But say it to them in German and shout at them because love is also beautiful and terrifying. <laughs> sort of that idea. So, oh, man. All right. Well, are we ready for, for breakage? We are. And uh, we shall return on the other side um, shortly. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy. Do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the tree. All right, and we're we're back for our our Christmassy themed uh, version of the almost. Inquisition, the the do you hear what I hear segment of the show. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we're we're going to ask ourselves sort of a Christmassy theme type of questions. I'll, I'll let Thomas ask me first. Thomas, do your worst or best. See how much Christmas cheer Thomas has. All right, fair enough. All right, <clears throat> I'm going to state this broadly, and we can refine it as we go. Tell me about the incarnation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. This idea, I mean, of, of let's think about John for a second, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea that God becomes man, tabernacles among human beings, right? We talk about Jesus being true God and true man. That idea that is Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, living among us, and yet at the same time being fully in communion with the Father, the Holy Spirit, as, as divine, fully mm-hmm. divine. Yes. It's a great mystery. Why don't you unpack it for us? <laughs> well, th- this is one of the things where the, 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 
one of the great ways is just Emmanuel, God with us. We're dealing, when we talk about the incarnation, we are talking about God getting directly and immediately involved in our life, in in what it is to be a human being. You ever mess something up that you've made and then you got to go in and get your hands dirty to fix it? I do that every so often with post-production of this show. <laughs> that is what the incarnation is. That that is that is God saying, "Man, things got messed up in my creation. I am going to join myself to mankind to fix things." Only in his case, he didn't do the messing up to begin with, right? Well, or are we calling no, this no, tonight? No. <laughs> so, did you mess it up? Is that why we don't have the uh, the the one Advent? sermon all i'm saying is i like the gk chesterton story which is probably apocryphal but where the magazine had the had the thing that they said send us in your essay about what the problem with the world is and he sent back a one-line essay dear sirs i am (laughs) (laughs) well what what you what you have with the the incarnation is (laughs) i'm gonna do role-playing adage jesus becomes the meat shield (laughs) The, if you do any like role playing games, there, there's a, a type of character that's called the the tank, where right. basically his job is to attract fire, to to take damage, so that the other folks in the group can do what need to do to get things done. This is what Jesus does. He jumps in the way. He becomes a a sh- incarnate shield, a, a enfleshed shield, a meat shield, right. literally to to to. Get between us and sin and death and the devil, and so I mean it, it's the 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 ultimate involvement of of God coming down to us to be involved in our lives. Mm-hmm. And if you really want a ton of that, you can listen to my Christmas Day sermon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that is that all? Well, was... you you can ask more questions on that one. Okay, I mean, I this, is, this is a little too broad for me to just. It's been a long day, and I, I actually wrote the first draft of my Christmas Day sermon this morning. So. Nice. And this is our second episode to record, so yeah, yeah. running on fumes. Well, let's talk about uh, Philippians chapter 2 briefly. I mean, it talks about uh, – let me read it for you. Chapter 2, starting in verse 5. Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count the quality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men – and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in earth and uh, in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What Sunday of the church here is that the epistle reading? It's one of my favorite texts, so I should probably know, but I don't know. Palm Sunday or oh. Passion Sunday, however you want to label it. Okay. In fact, that's the only epistle I've preached on on a Sunday. Oh, really? Because that's also when we do confirmation over at Zion. Right. And it's like, well, I normally preach on the gospel, and the gospel is the passion of the Lord. Oh, I'm going to be preaching on that the whole week. So uh-huh. that's that's the one time I'll go off of uh, the gospel on Sunday morning. Right on. I'm going to use that text, and I'm going to make a distinction and nuance that I referenced just before the break. Okay. Between uh, was incarnate and became man. Because, and this is really a, a, a neat distinction that, that used to be much more commonly made rather than, than how we speak of it now. Because incarnation sounds like the cool, awesome Latin word and kind of everything gets under it. But but generally when you're talking about incarnation, literally it just simply means to, to take on a human form. Mm-hmm. But there is a nuance with what Jesus does when he takes on a human form. And the the way that's described in the Nicene Creed is homo factus est and was made man. And really what you're getting in, in Philippians 2 is the implications, the descriptions of what homo factus est, what, what it means that he was made man. Mm-hmm. He takes the place of a servant. Even though he is God— he doesn't demand his rights as God. He doesn't call upon everything that he can do as God. I mean, we think about it. Uh, this is what he tells Peter. Put your sword away. I mean, when they're coming to arrest him. Uh, you think if I wanted to not be crucified, I couldn't call upon a legion of angels? I and mean, come on, dude, <laughs> stop. 
The what you have here is you have Christ coming down and willingly for the sake of us fallen men forsaking and putting aside his divine power, his divine uh, strength, his divine knowledge um, actually comes up off of the Greek there that they, you can talk about kenosis, Mm -hmm. which is the the Greek word for emptying the idea that, that he empties himself of this, all all the towels and perks so that he can be down where we are so that he might pull us up with him to life everlasting. Mm -hmm. So really the, the, the beauty of the incarnation is it's Jesus coming down to scrape the bottom of the barrel of humanity, mm-hmm. which is again is one of the reasons why I tend not to have an overly romanticized view of of uh, his birth, because it's not. Oh, isn't this sweet? It, the purpose of the birth was not to sell Hallmark cards. <laughs> the purpose of the birth was, I'm the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. and I will redeem them all. Mm-hmm. So very good. All right, are you ready for th- th- that work? You yeah, know? yeah. Okay. Um, here's mine. This will actually tie into the next section. Thomas, it's more of a quiz. Okay. What time of year did the birth of Jesus probably take place? Oh man. Okay. You say it's a quiz, which means I should expect a trick question here. Um, I've heard different theories on this. Um, I, I actually do prefer December around the 25th, but, um, really? Yeah. Some will speculate, um, that it was actually around um, around Epiphany on you know, January sixth. Some will say closer to uh, the, the date of the crucifixion because you got that old Jewish mm-hmm. kind of wives' tale thing that you are either born or conceived on the same, or I'm sorry, you die on the same day as you were either born or conceived. And so, doing the math, if Jesus died, you know, in during Passover, do all the math when that was, track it back nine months, and you get to, I think, Epiphany, or maybe it's Christmas, uh, the, Some, but that, in, in that week somewhere. That one is where we actually get the December 25th date, is tracking it back from the day of the crucifixion, which was About March 25th. At the time, right, for that year, anyway. Because, of course, we do Easter all weird now with the moons and that, we, that we, kind of thing. We, we, we let it migrate. Yeah. Um or else, you know, go ahead and letting the date be in the spring at the same time as Easter following that Jewish thing. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the Christmas date for it as it is, but I don't have much more on that at the moment than just kind of sentiment. But See, I, I tend to think that the actual date date uh-huh. would have been sometime in the summer. And why do I think that, Thomas? Well, I, maybe because that's when you've got the sheep, the shepherds being out in the the with the sheep and stuff because they're giving birth and the shepherds are protecting them and stuff. It's hill country. Yeah. And so you're, you're not going to be out in the mountains. I mean, it's not super freezing cold, but still you're, you're going to have them more in for their winter quarters and sheltering if mm-hmm. it's the middle of December. But if it's springtime or even early summer when they're dropping babies, yeah. Hey, all right. There, there you go. There you got all the shepherds in the field collecting and, because, I mean, that's the thing. You've got the shepherds in the field by night, and that yeah. that's not a wintertime activity. That makes sense. So, uh, see, I'm just utterly unromantic. And, and people are saying, this is the worst Christmas ever. Why did we listen to this? <laughs> it's too late now. You're sucked in. We've got you to the end. But, but let, let, let's go actually – yeah, that wasn't that great of a question. I know, <laughs> but, but, but it did transition us back to the text. So let's go look at the text. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Again, for the uh, the overly romantic type of thing, you have the the shepherds who are out in the fl- watching their flocks by night. Mm-hmm. Now, again, let's think about the sheep raising business, the, okay. the family of shepherds. If you're on sheep duty all through the middle of the night, where do you rank in the totem pole? Oh yeah, well you're the intern. <laughs> you are the lowest of the low. So again, what are we getting? We're we're getting the bare bones base of society. Yeah, I mean, because who wants to be up at 
three o'clock in the morning doing anything. Right. No one. I mean, so especially outside. <laughs> so, so what you have here is you have the the lowest of the low, and then you have an angel appear. And this is one thing that's neat. It's no longer uh, like in the Old Testament where you'd get the angel of the Lord, mm-hmm. the pre-incarnate Christ. It's just angel of the Lord. It's no longer the. It's no longer Christ because why? But, he, he, he's busy right now. <laughs> he, he, he's otherwise occupied over in a manger with, with something or other. Yes, yes. Um, and, and the angel shows up, and what's the response of the shepherds? Uh... <laughs> How come we don't have any of the, the Hallmark cards where the angels are like, cow- the, the, the shepherds are cowering in <laughs> fear or soiling themselves or anything like that? <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe I should pitch that idea to, to Hallmark. I, I you might could do like a Far Side comic version of it or something that would that actually sell. almost might go in the shoebox variety of uh, yeah. There you go. So, but I mean, copyright. It, we said it. It's now on on the on the podcast. It's, yeah, it's yeah. ours. Yeah, Don't trademark, trademark. Oh, yeah, great. We just <laughs> yeah. No, no. Once you say it, it's in the fixed form. It's yours. It's totally yours. Now, that's not the idea. That's yours. It's, I mean, well, it's the just the words. But anyway, sorry, I've been studying copyright law. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Making sure we're in compliance with our theme song. Oh, are we? Um, so far, it looks like we're okay as long as we keep it short. Oh, okay. Fair good, use good. and stuff. So, still looking. All right. Anyway. Anyway, we <laughs> highly respect the clash. And today, wham. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you have the, the, the angel showing up to the low, and they freak out. They're terrified. So, once again, you have an angel showing up and saying, fear not. Which is the third time, I think, in this Gospel of Luke so far you've had angels have to first thing say, all right, quit being a <laughs> Think about how tiring that would be for the poor angel. <laughs> no, quit screaming, quit freaking out. Yeah. Stop. <clears throat> no, we've got good news. You have a, a Messiah, the Christ. So, yeah, the, the general announcement, da 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 Any other just thoughts on, on that part? I know I kind of stopped us in mid-angelic announcement. It's all good. I all think right. uh, we can continue. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. All right. So it's interesting, too. Again, this is one of the the things of humility. What's going to be the sign that you have a a Messiah who's come? What's the sign of God among man? Uh, Yeah, he's going to be hanging out in the animal trough. (laughs) Should you need directions? In case you're not sure which kid it is, (laughs) it's the one hanging out in the barn. Woot. Well, I mean, th- think about just how odd of sign that is. I mean, if you're going to go into town to look for a, a kid, where are you normally going to look? Um, well, there's no hospitals, so you right. might knock on a few doors. I don't know. Generally, if I say, go find me a kid. <laughs> well, you probably got a lot out in the field with you. No, that's goats. They're doing sheep things. Yeah, well, maybe both. Okay. but <laughs> That's English anyway. But if you're looking for a child, generally the barn isn't the. Pl- I mean that that that's not the 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 king, the Messiah has been born, the son of David. Oh, great! He <laughs> wait, he's where? I mean, think. I go. Think about how surreal that would be. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like, did you hear? The president's coming. He's playing in the outhouse. <laughs> what? What? Maybe maybe if your president's Nebuchadnezzar during his seven years or <laughs> I mean, I mean the, think about how again, this is one thing where we're we're used to this. We know the story. Think on how surreal this sounds. Mm-hmm. Think on how just odd. Um you you Good have point. with uh with uh last Sunday we had a uh, or two Sundays ago, I mean <laughs> we we had a uh, uh, John in prison, mm-hmm. and and Jesus, what did you go to see? A, a man in fine clothes? No, no, a guy in fine clothes are in king's palaces. There's that expectation of if this is going to be a king, he's going to be 
pomp and circumstance baby when the pomp ro- and circumstance when the royal prince was born when 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 prince george was born over in england this year he wasn't laying in the stable that's true kid probably will never touch 200 thread count sheets in his <laughs> life it's all egyptian cotton from here man and we're not just talking about Okay, I got my Walmart special sheets. We're talking <laughs> Jesus is lying in straw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, ugh. So, well, that, maybe not necessarily, ugh, but I mean, it, it, it is an utter juxtaposition. And it's one where, where we're so familiar with it that I think we miss that juxtaposition. You have the shepherd who had to be out in the field because their animals weren't even in the stables. Going to the stables. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just this really neat contrast. Yeah. Oh, you know, and that's one thing about Christmas, too, maybe I should mention. It's it's um, it's like anything. I think you touched on this earlier, that where you go over it enough times and it just becomes old hat. You take it for granted. There's there's always new truths. I mean, there's no end to the new, you know, things you can get from There's depth. There's, yeah, and stuff. And scripture, obviously. But... At some point, we become numb to even digging into that deeper layer because it's just, I've heard it, and you play that same one-track tape through your mind as you listen, and that's all that you get. We'll put up the nativity, and the the sheep goes here, and the goat goes here, (laughs) and the wise men go over here in this corner, even though they don't show up in this Relative distances, maybe you should have them at the neighbor's house. Three doors down. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We could go put our wise men for the nativity, like like over on the at one of the neighboring churches. Yeah, we'll, we'll get what? these back at Epiphany. It's all good. Well, yes, we put our wise men up over at Garber because they came from the east. So duh, we'll have them start at Garber. We need to start this tradition. Trip. This is something that needs to happen. I call upon all Lutheran churches who hear this podcast to do this. Just move your wise men to the church east of you. <laughs> Until Christmas, until Epiphany, in which you can bring them over to your own nativity. There you go. Uh And keep your nativity up till Epiphany. Right. All right. Let's let's finish off the text. Okay. The angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Now, if not to make a weird birth a bit weirder... Mm -hmm. So there you are, you've given birth, and you're stuck in a manger, in a stable, however nice or not nice it may have been. And suddenly, in the middle of the night, a bunch of shepherds come in, <laughs> saying, we talked to angels. Oh, this is great. Because again, note that it has, the, they see and they're, they're excited first, and then they explain what they were told. Uh-huh. That's true. So imagine this, you're sitting in the manger, in the stable, mm-hmm. where you... You've just given birth, and a bunch of shepherds come busting in. What are you thinking? What, do we have to get up and go now? <laughs> now there's no room at the no, stable either. We, we were told we could be be here. Oh, 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 you're not kicking us out. Okay, that that's good. Sweet. I mean, do you see how that would kind of be just really an, an awkward moment? Uh-huh. So I know uh, it's just one of the ones like, oh, look. Are these are these cousins of yours, Joseph? What do you, I said? I didn't want any visitors, Joseph. Come on, but but you have this this no no no, and you get the, the reaction of Mary, and Mary pondered all these things, and I think that's a a neat neat little verse because I think that's almost when when things at home. It's one thing if you see an angel, okay, that might be kind of surreal, and you're thinking about yourself, and but it's. Wait a second. This isn't just how people are. This isn't just me and my kid and, and my story. Look at this. You've got random strangers are freaking out over this. And they're, they're praising. 
whoa. Mm-hmm. So you see, it's just kind of that 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 almost eye opening moment for Mary, where where some of the the greater implications of what's going on kind of come home to roost. That's true. You even get that later on after the, they return with Jesus from the temple after the second trip, um, when it says again, uh, Mary treasured these things, all these things up in her heart. This this repetitive refrain of Mary is seeing what's going on. And now, now part of the reason you get that is because Luke does his investigation. So who do you think Luke's going to interview? My guess and many others. Yeah. Mary, Mary. So, so you get that aspect of it, but, but you do also just get that, that, and this is when I knew something strange was going on. Uh And well, I mean, this is just one of the things where, where you, you can have, moments of understanding where you know something but then life happens and and you go through it and you you know it differently mm-hmm. so and, and i think you're just getting this is one of those things where where mary goes oh i'm getting some of the implications of the messiah i mean mm-hmm. think now i'm gonna get all sappy and romantic and uh you have your kids no oh. just don't cry because if you cry i'm gonna cry and then we'll all be crying <laughs> We're gonna to have to end with some really sappy Christmas song now, <laughs> but but you have that uh that that moment where you feel like oh look I've got my kid yay, and eventually you realize oh yeah he can he's gonna grow up and leave the house and and just, he's not even out a night, and you've already got the random stranger saying this is the Messiah who's gonna do stuff for us. Mm-hmm. It's like, a lot of expectations I, I, for an infant. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and it's a lot of, of of reality coming out of just what uh-huh. is going on with this my my son. I'm sure. So, and what must Joseph be thinking, right? Because he's going, "Wow, that angel wasn't kidding, huh?" Well, I mean, if you want to know what Joseph is thinking, I, I'd recommend listening to the Advent three midweek sermon. Okay, the one that we will be recording. That we two days that, from no, now one, the, last week the one that we had recorded last week yeah. <laughs> your time since right 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 so. cool all right well that that that's a basic overview of of Luke two and we we've got a few more minutes so just any other random thoughts on on Christmas or the holidays um, Christmas specifically um, you know at, at this point in time obviously the wise men we would understand or think right that they'd be have seen the star now would it would it have been up already would they be on the move or because we we estimate it was probably three years after this point when they show up at epiphany right well, am i getting ahead of our podcast uh two years two years two okay because uh, because herod has all the kids two and under wiped out so two would right. be the max right right that that right. two is the margin of error okay that, that herod includes um i don't know it, it, it's one where you do note in Matthew that when they get there, they're at a house. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means, how you want to read into that with anything. Moving up in the world. Moving on up. <laughs> to the, all right. So um, John the Baptist is about six months old at this point. Right. And um, we would presume being cousins that these two would have known each other growing up. Although when it gets to the baptismal narratives in the different gospels, there's not necessarily any greetings of recognition the the general theory that comes on up is that Zachariah and and elizabeth were old mm-hmm. and they die okay leaving john uh, somewhat orphaned orphaned or at least on his own at a younger age and he goes off to go live with the essenes that would make sense so so that john kind of becomes the the the, the religious whack job of the family right which for the uninitiated the essenes are the ones who wrote the dead sea scrolls yeah basically they were communal out in the out in the the desert basically mm-hmm. which would make perfect sense for for where he would end up going oh absolutely but it would also mean that he wouldn't be hanging out with the normal family and keep in mind too that joseph didn't live Right at home. Mm-hmm. So it'd be more like the, uh, I don't know, if you had some cousins that lived up in like Providence, Rhode Island. Well, yeah, you, yeah. You, 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 you might know, you might have seen, but it's not as though, it's not like the cousin that lives across town that you hang out with all the time. Right. Yeah. And I'd probably still have to reintroduce myself to him anyway. <laughs> so um, let's see. Now, just as a quick note, if you are listening on December 26th, this too is a holiday. Ah, which holiday would that be? The Feast of Stephen, St. Stephen's Day. Yes, of course. Which is a red holiday. If you're listening on the 27th, it's a holiday. Okay, now, yeah, I don't know that one. St. John. 
Really? The Feast of St. John, which is white. And then if you're listening on the 28th, that's also a holiday. Oh, man, this month is packed. What's 28th? That's why we say happy holidays. N- it's not a pagan thing. It's not a war on Christmas thing. Uh, it's just, there's the, a plural. There's multitude, many. Many holy days. The uh, the 28th is the Feast of the Holy Innocents. So what's interesting ah. is uh, if Christmas is late in the week, the first Sunday after Christmas will end up being one of those other texts quite often. Right. So I remember one year when Jay Hobson did. Uh... Yeah, Jay Hobson was back and he got our, our seminary and he, now he's pastor up in Kansas. And I'm like, yeah, I'll have you preach the Sunday after Christmas. He goes, oh, the, it's the 28th. And I go, yeah, great. I get nice. to preach about kids being killed the Sunday after Christmas. Great job. I think he did St. Stephen, though. Did, did, I think he did. Maybe that was... He did that for Sunday school with St. Okay. Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Was but, that one where I was gone? I believe you were gone. I don't know where you were. Huh. Odd. Cool. MIA. Sweet. <laughs> I, I, I am happily and eagerly waiting Philip Fishaber to be cleared for preaching because then it's like, oh, great. You're home for the holidays. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. All right. Well, and, and speaking of, uh, I think we're we're coming up on, on the end. So, again, have a, a wonderful Christmas. Or have had. Uh, celebrate with joy the, the, the birth and incarnation of our Lord, not just this time of year, but year-round. And uh, have a good one all. All right. Take care. Peace on earth. Can it be? Years from now, perhaps we'll see.